SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line here on SportsGrid. Our number two, as we put the fun and functional sports content, I'm Dane Martinez. And as usual, I am joined by my main man, Kevin Walsh, as we try to help you start the day, get on the right foot, and maybe make it a more profitable day for you in the sports world. Kev, we are two weeks and two days away from the kickoff of the NFL season. It feels like it's creeping up on people. And part of the reason that's probably happening is because there are no preseason games, right? Kind of as that, like that mental time marker when you're like, oh, it's getting close now. Oh, I got fantasy football drafts going on, right? It is upon us, okay? So we are going to, you know, here at the early line, start talking a little bit more about football, start talking a little bit more about the news that we are hearing and the impact it has potentially on fantasy football ranks on odds on win totals and on what we think will happen in this nfl season and remember once the nfl season starts you could also catch me every sunday morning with our guys mike blewett and ariel epstein on pro football today as we take you into kickoff every sunday morning but kev i wanted to start with this not a player not a team but kind of you know the big picture context in this oh yeah the pandemic that we are still in the miami dolphins kev has said that they don't have people in the stands for their home opener, which I believe is week two against the Buffalo Bills. They are saying they will allow a capacity of 13,000 people to gather in one place, albeit outdoors. They're going to have to wear masks the entire time. They are now the third team to um, officially say they're going to have some limited capacity. Kansas City has already said this. We're also hearing some teams that are not going to do this. The Chicago Bears among them. What do you think about this news, Kev? And honestly, from the sports investment world, does this mean we're going to have three points of home field advantage in some places, one and a half in others, and no change to the spreads in others? Are you going to buy or sell, Kev, the idea of varying amounts of fans in the stands and thus varying home field advantages for this NFL season? I actually think you would want to sell that idea because what we have seen is if it's on a neutral site, then they will take the idea of a home advantage out, i.e. the NBA. However, as we've seen, you know, when we were following the Bundesliga, like it, yeah. <laughs> it was the only because it was the only thing on. Right. But even now in Major League Baseball, they still fans or not give the boost for home field advantage. So I think, could you potentially go into a game and be like, okay, I'm more worried about being in Miami than in empty Chicago? Yeah, maybe, but it still comes down to the travel, the comfort level. And you might even argue Dane, that regardless of the fans, the home field advantage might even be increased this year <clears throat> because of how strenuous travel can be on these athletes. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, right? Like, that sounds plausible. Um, at the same time, two people can make arguments on the complete other side that sound plausible, right? We're in a brave new world. Whether or not it's safe and smart to do so is one thing. We will continue to keep our eye on the impact, 
right, of limited capacity fans in the stands. And if we do see any value, that's what we do here on SportsGrid. I do also want to ask you, though, Kev, there is a couple of, quote unquote, you know, uh, bell cowbacks running back ones, first round picks in fantasy, as we once again welcome in our radio audience from around the country here to Sports Grid, including, of course, the mightier 1090 out there on the West Coast. And I wonder if any of these uh, these two bell cows, quote unquote, that are going through a little bit of nicks and cuts early in training camp matter for you. The first is Kenyon Drake, who we heard in the news update was in a walking boot uh, after practice yesterday. Now, Cliff Kingsbury said it's no big deal. Kenyon Drake himself said he was good. Kenyon Drake is going as an RB1 in that Arizona offense with people thinking that he is going to be kind of uh, getting the lion's share of work. Not necessarily the injury, because we are two weeks away. If they say he's fine, then maybe he's fine. My question for you is, do you buy the high on Kenyon Drake moving up all the way to RB1 kind of status in fantasy football drafts. You know, Kenyon Drake has been an interesting case here, as I think has kind of been the entirety of the Arizona yeah. Cardinals. Like, yes. Do we want to, because it feels like we're buying a lot of these pieces. Hopkins remains high, right? Kirk Murray. There, Larry Fitz still there. Obviously, Kyler Murray climbing up forward to Right. Then we have to figure out, you know, with Mr. Four touchdowns himself, Kenyon mm-hmm. Drake. I think I might, though, when it's all said and done, I might end up buying here. Because I've mm. talked about this a lot, Dan, and I'm sure you would agree that there is actually value. Sometimes we always try and pull away. Ah, he's got a running quarterback next to him. Yeah, but it mm-hmm. makes it harder to guard the run then. We saw Mark Ingram benefit from this greatly last year next to Lamar Jackson. Maybe the ceiling can get chopped off a bit, touchdown production and total yards, have you. But I think ultimately it raises the floor for some of these players. The offense that he's going to be in should be very good. There is maybe a question to ask, though, about how much pass uh, game action is really available for Kenyon Drake when you just consider how many weapons they have. Yeah, no, I think that is fair. And remember, if you hear me all the time on this network, I talk about the fantasy herd, right? And maybe they are developing into that. You bring in DeAndre Hopkins, right? But there's still Kirk. There's still Fitzgerald. There's still Drake. You're right. Murray's going to run. Chase Edmonds. They drafted Eno Benjamin. However, what you said is this offense will give everyone a floor because of the volume, Kev. It's just like a high-paced NBA team, right? You get more mm-hmm. shot opportunities. And that will be the case in my opinion, with this Cardinals offense. We got a couple of other news pieces from the NFL that we will discuss here when we come back here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, here on the early line on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh giving you the edge every weekday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern time. We appreciate everybody across the country, on the West Coast, across the globe, Kevin, tuning in to get what they need to make a little bit of extra cash and be ready for football season, right, Kev? I mean, at least on my timeline, people are starting to ask me questions about fantasy football. The drafts are coming fast and furious. I had one literally last last night okay so it is coming and again 
Kev, I make the point that without the preseason games, right, the casual fan doesn't have that marker to realize, hey, football is coming, doesn't have the opportunity to get more insight on players either, right? So I think all the more reason to keep it locked on Sports Grid, whether it's here, whether it is also on FST with Craig Mish, Joe Pisapia, they bring in a host of experts to talk about that. But, you know, Kev, in this season, when the general public has even less access to information or on rookies of that sort of nature, camp battles, all the more reason to check us out here on the grid, right, Kev? Absolutely. I mean, listen, and I will say for not just the casual fan, for anybody, because not only right do we not have preseason, be like, hey, we're up, we're coming, but we're right. also consumed by playoff basketball and playoff right. hockey in the heart of a major league baseball season. Like, right. you know, we're halfway through major league baseball now. So it, it's one of those things like there's so much going on and all that's happening in football is just kind of news updates. Right. So it's just one of those things where I have a draft Saturday and mm-hmm. I still keep forgetting that that's a thing. Yeah. But let me just tell you, first of all, okay. Because we're boys, Kev. If on Saturday you ever need the spitting statistician, <laughs> just holler at your boy. All right? Will I do. got you, my man. Uh, so we'll always try and help you out because, you know, here on the conglomerate that is the early line, we're going to try and make it happen. We also got to realize football remains a violent game, you know? And we've said this before, like with baseball, right? We're like, oh, these people are going to have COVID. But there's normal injuries, too. And so some Browns fans were a little bit uh, worried when Nick Chubb had a concussion last week but not to be worried he has cleared the concussion protocol and will be back the question for me kev is really what is nick chubb this year especially as it relates to kareem hunt and i'm gonna tell you something i love the player but i am selling him kev as a true elite workhorse rb1 and it's not about the player okay he had some incredible efforts last year All right. Last year, for example, against the Baltimore Ravens, he had 20 carries, 465 yards and three touchdowns, Kev. So the player is there, right? Another game against the Patriots. And remember, the Patriots had like a generational defense last year. Well, Nick Chubb tore him up 431 yards. The Seattle Seahawks, another physical team. He tore them up for 122 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. But here's the key, Kev. That game against Baltimore, week four. That game against Seattle, week six. That game against New England, week eight. And then what happened, Kev? Kareem Hunt came back. And that completely changed the dynamic for Nick Chubb. If you were a Nick Chubb owner last year in the fantasy playoffs, he was fugazi. Someone you needed to forget about. He almost lost you, potentially. A fantasy championship when in week 16 against the same Baltimore Ravens, he had one carry, or excuse me, 15 carries for 45 yards. That's not what you're looking for from your RB1 in the fantasy championships. And the other part of this for me, Kev, is the reason Chubb is an RB1 or was last year is because of the work 
in the passing game, okay? Earlier in the season, in addition to those 130, 160-yard efforts, you also had, you know, four for 35 in the pass game, four for 36, five catches in one game. After Kareem Hunt came back, he was the clear PPR pass-catching guy. Outside of a three-catch performance against Arizona, he never had more than one reception in any game. That difference and the value of Kareem Hunt gives me a little cause for pause i like the player i'd buy chubb as an rb2 but i'm selling him kev as an rb1 look nick chubb is incredibly talented and ultimately that's the case for a lot of these cleveland browns when it comes to this team as a whole right whether you talk about their win total whether you talk about the fantasy perspective everything though does come down to one guy when, it, when you talk about buying or selling the Cleveland Browns, only He's one He's on less commercials this year. this year, though. That guy is he on sure? less commercials, doing less interviews in magazines, and, you know, saying more mature things when he does talk. Yeah, look, I, I don't care about someone being on commercials, though. Like, that's fine. Like, do commercials. Be good at football. He wasn't bad at football all of a sudden because he was in commercials. He was just okay. terrible. And it was Baker Mayfield, right? And the issue with Baker being poor is that you're supposed to have a year two leap. You're supposed to. And we've seen that from others. And we didn't see it from Baker. Because Nick Chubb is incredibly talented. But as you just alluded to there, if Kareem Hunt's the lead back, I'm not going to dock this team a point. I'm not worried about it. Odell, Jarvis, Austin Hooper, David and Joe. There's plenty of options in the passing game. Defensively, despite the unfortunate injury, to Grant Delpit, their rookie, at they took in the second round. There's still plenty of talent there. Miles Garrett getting a lot of DPOY love. There's still a lot of talent there on the defensive side of the football. They've made this head coaching change. And now the onus is on Baker Mayfield. Because yep. this team's win total sits there at eight and a half. And it is either a bet that we should all be running to make and getting over. Because we all liked this team last year to get over that number. And we thought that this team last year could find themselves over that number. But instead, Baker was bad. They finished 6-10. and If Baker pops, this team's going to win double-digit games. But if he's bad again, then you have to sell almost everything Cleveland Browns. That's Chubb, Hunt, Odell, Hooper, Njoku. Jarvis, you almost have to sell the lot. Yeah, I I agree with you, Kev. And when faced with that question, I actually think it's going to be the positive, right? I do think he will take that step forward. And then the Cleveland Browns could be a buy team. I would also say the same thing in that AFC North. You can say the same thing about Big Ben Roethlisberger. Pittsburgh and Cleveland could be very interesting taking that step forward. And remember, seven teams in the AFC. We know Baltimore is there. I would not be surprised if the AFC North gets three teams into the AFC playoffs. And yeah, I think you make a good point here about the herd of it all, right? There are so many options. They are potentially a fantasy herd where could you rely on Chubb every single week to do that? And here's the last thing I'll say. Remember yesterday, Kev, when we talked about um, the Raiders signing Theo Riddick and how that could eat into Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs being another running back like Nick Chubb, 
going in around the same level in fantasy drafts, right? That back-end RB1, maybe somewhere between running back like 9 and 14. I've seen both of them go. Josh Jacobs, who we talked about yesterday, and Nick Chubb today. Here's the thing. You made the point yesterday. Theoretic, eh, okay, but maybe he's just a guy. I don't know that that's going to eat into Jacobs. Kareem Hunt is more, Kevin, than just a guy and has shown in the second half of last year, he did eat into Nick Chubb's work. And if you are evaluating Nick Chubb as though he was in the first half of the season without the presence of Kareem Hunt, I think you are um, a little naive to think he's going to do all of that with the presence of Kareem Hunt, with new weapons in the herd like Austin Hooper, and with Baker even maybe developing as a passer more, I'm a little concerned, not concerned, because it's relatively speaking, but Nick Chubb may be relatively speaking a little full gaze. Again, I think I think it's fair because Kareem Hunt is just going to cut into the workload. And also, if every guy we've mentioned, like they're not a guarantee to just run the football in the red right. zone, right? The interesting right. thing is people think that the head coaching change could lead to more uh, work for Nick Chubb because of kind of how everything was ran over in Minnesota. And maybe that is true, but yeah. I'm not sure. But in Minnesota, Kev, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs over the course of the last couple of years were both fantasy viable, you know, and, and a good combo. So there's no reason OBJ and Landry can't do the same thing. I got some diamonds in the rough that we will talk about next relative to their ADP. You want to keep it locked for that. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, including, of course, our radio audience around the country and in California, of course, on the mightier 1090. Let's talk about some teams in California, Kev, because here's the thing. Again, and the framework is this, with no preseason game, with less access to what is going on, Kev, I really think some of these camp battles, I really think some of these maybe backup positions are going to be very important. Now, we got to make the case here also, Kev, every league is different. OK, in some dynasty leagues, maybe some of the guys we're talking about, you do draft because you stash them in redraft leagues. Some of the guys we're talking about or in 10 team leagues, you're never necessarily going to need to worry about these guys because guys like this and others at their level will always be available on the waiver wire. But we do want to try to help you read the tea leaves with some of these running back situations, right? Because, Kev, we know the, the workhorses are few and far between. We have been talking about that. So let's look at the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, they drafted a kid, Joshua Kelly, out of UCLA. All you California people out there on the Mightier 1090 should remember him from his time as a Bruin. He is now with the Chargers. In this backfield, though, Kev, we all know about Austin Eckler, who's going very high in fantasy drafts was a revelation last year part of the reason melvin gordon is no longer there he was extended to a nice deal in the offseason justin jackson has also been there the last couple of years kind of as a backup running back and there is buzz that this rookie is looking good in camp kev and could 
unseat Justin Jackson and actually be the backup to Austin Eckler. Now, Austin Eckler is not a huge man. It's not like he's a three down back necessarily either. So I do believe that the backup running back in this offense is important. And when I see an ADP for Josh Kelly at 244, I think that is a little bit too low. I know it's only coach speak, but I am buying it because this is a rookie they drafted and we see mid-round rookies ascend into these situations in their rookie year. I think this is low. I'm buying the news and I'm buying Kelly at 244 of an ADP. Yeah, it's hard not to, I think, considering if even if you, know, you have to fill out the back end of a, of a depth chart, right? And yet, or for your yeah. fantasy teams and a guy with the potential ceiling of a Kelly, if even somebody were to get hurt, is there. But what we're seeing, and this is frustrating for me, because I mm. truly believe that this team should know that Austin Eckler can be their three-down bell cow back, that they want to have another guy involved. And right. Now, again, they don't need it because we saw it last year. Don't need it. Paid him. Don't know what happened. Don't know why they go, yep, need, need to give it to Justin Jackson. Need to give it to Josh Kelly. Nope, not necessary. But if that's what they insist on, Dane, because at the end of the day, yeah. listen, you're not going to go out there and make fantasy decisions based on what you would do with the talent. Right. It's about how these coaches and how they're going to actually put these guys in certain positions. Yes. So if Kelly can end up two on the depth chart, right, then I wouldn't view him as a backup back. I then view him as a guy who's going to get maybe, you know, when it comes to the strictly carry numbers, might Mm -hmm. get over 50 percent. Yeah, and if you are someone who likes to handcuff your lead running back and you wind up with Austin Eckler as your RB1, which is possible, the buzz is that the handcuff may actually be Josh Kelly instead of what your mind thinks and knows and is accustomed to in Justin Jackson. Let's go over to the Washington football team where we may have even a bigger diamond in the rough, Kev, okay? In Washington, remember... Darius Geis is no longer with the team. He was released after kind of reports about him. There's Adrian Peterson in the fold as kind of old faithful, right? But there is someone who was drafted last year that I think could be of note. And it is Bryce Love, the second year running back out of Stanford. Kev, this guy was a Heisman Trophy candidate, okay? After like, I believe his junior season at Stanford, then got banged up and was injured his entire year as his rookie year with the Washington football team. Washington drafted him to have kind of a red shirt year. Okay, and now here we are, and there is buzz that not only could he be the backup, you got guys like Antonio Gibson on that depth chart as well, but that he is also the style of runner that would fit for a Ron Rivera team. So in the same vein, if you're looking for a handcuff to Adrian Peterson, the name may be Bryce Love. And in longer-term leagues, Kev, a dynasty league, I think Bryce Love is a very interesting name because we know it's not like Adrian Peterson has years left to go. There is a path not only to backup production or handcuff value for Love this year, but there is a universe without the kid Darius Geist there anymore. Of course, they could always address it moving forward. But there is a path that in the future in a dynasty league love could be a starting running back we'll see what he does with his opportunity i I mean listen when it comes to buying bryce love at that 80 it's about the same thing as if i said hey would you we've got five five dollar bill on sale it cost you a dollar you know what i mean these aren't hard decisions to make the real question is you know this is going to happen 
what happens when that ADP is cut in half? Are we still buying Bryce Love then? Like, do we still say, you know what? I might be getting a lead back, and a lead back's a lead back. Because that's yeah. really the question or the uh, that people are going to have to answer. Because there are some people who are drafting now, some like myself that will draft this weekend. But yeah. as we get closer, Bryce Love is going to start to shoot up draft boards. He sure is. And let me say this as a general rule of thumb, now that we have entered the fantasy season, okay? And this is the case in a lot of teams, Kev. Maybe an example. This could be a potential example in Washington, all right, with Bryce Love. But these young backs, Kev, they usually ascend throughout the season. OK, the in November and December, these backs are going to look different, have better production, have more usage than they do in September. Your boy in Philadelphia, Miles Sanders, is a perfect example. Think about what Miles Sanders was doing in November and December versus what he was doing as he was still learning the offense, learning, most importantly, pass protection early in the season. Young running backs early in the season could sometimes still be a liability in pass protection, not allowing them to see the field. By the end of the season, though, they start to ascend. Last year, we saw that with Miles Sanders. Last year, we saw that with, oh, I don't know, Devin Singletary and others. So someone like Bryce Love could be a lot better in the second half of the season when you are hopefully organizing yourself for the fantasy playoffs. The same thing could happen in Los Angeles with Akers, in Indy with Taylor, in Baltimore with Dobbins, in Detroit with Swift, and on and on we go. But that is the point that I do want to make, especially with these young running backs. They tend to ascend as we go throughout the season, Kev. Yeah, no, I think that that's totally fair. I'll tell you this one other point I just want to make with Washington as you look at their depth chart is yeah. uh, the quarterback situation. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't really get an opportunity to talk about this, but, like, is there a world where Alex Smith is starting week one for this football team? There is a world. Um, I just don't think it's ultimately going to happen. And it's a great story. We saw the video with the kids spraying the champagne on them. We know they've done some documentaries about his return. 17 surgeries, Kev. Right? So, I mean, we tip our cap. I'm rooting for him, right? But it, when it gets down to it, think about this in the way we talk about other teams. What the Washington football team must do this year is find out if Dwayne Haskins is their quarterback or not. Right. Alex Smith is still in his, you know, early to mid thirties. Right. What they must do under new head coach Ron Rivera is find out if Dwayne Haskins is their quarterback or if next year they want to be playing in the Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, Lance Davis, Justin Fields kind of sweepstakes. And that is job number one. So to pivot to Alex Smith, I think in the medium or long term prospects of this organization doesn't really help you move forward with what you need to do. But. I tip my cap to Alex Smith, and maybe, you know, if he proves that he can play, he can continue his career as a backup or get a shot elsewhere. There is one other piece of news. Oh, you got something else here? Yeah, I just want to say, um, while I think what you are saying is correct, yeah, I would not bank on Ron Rivera feeling that way. Because he did not draft Dwayne Haskins. He's not worried about Dwayne Haskins. And if Alex Smith looks better than Dwayne Haskins... Okay, it would not surprise me if Ron Rivera was like, you know, I'm trying to win football games. My quarterback is Alex Smith. Um, I guess it's possible Kyle Allen is in the mix there with the Washington football team as well. You know, but but here's the other thing, right? 
Are they going to still think that way when they're, you know, two and six, Kev? Or at that point, will, again, the priority just need to be well, to find out about what they have moving forward? Well, that's now week eight, right? Season's lost. Yeah, but yeah. we're talking about, right. you know, week one, we're 0-0. Yeah. We got a shot. Who yeah. knows what will come from this? And, you know, we're going to throw out the best guy. Wouldn't surprise yeah. me. That's if he looks better than Right. If he looks better than him, I will say I think they're going to give every possible chance for Dwayne Haskins to have this job. And remember, in year two, right, um, people, quarterbacks take steps forward in year two. Right. Think about the steps forward. We were hoping others would take in year two, whether their names were Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, or even this year, Kyler Murray. One other piece of news I do want to talk about really quickly. Mike Williams, the wide receiver on the Los Angeles Chargers, um, has something of a shoulder injury. And I want to ask you, because you know, I'm high on the Chargers, right? But Mike Williams going as a value in drafts, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry. It seems like conventional wisdom is a little bit down on this Chargers offense, and they point to Terod Taylor as the reason why. Do you buy or sell that this Chargers offense on the whole is going to be like more conservative and less dynamic because of Terod? I mean, Dan, we've been talking about this. We got to get start getting ready. Week one DFS lineup. So yeah, I we're know. Going, I know. We're, go, I know. We're, going, we're going Chargers stack. Week one against yeah. that Bengals against defense. that Bengals so, team. Yeah, that's all I'm worried about, honestly. And if Mike Williams yeah. is out, cool. I think Keenan Allen will be price locked, and we'll make sure he's in the lineup as well. Yeah, and we'll go to Hunter Henry, who should still be able to eat Austin Eckler. The cupboard is not bare, but I believe Terod continues to be disrespected. Remember, he doesn't turn the ball over. Phillip Rivers does. That could be the same difference they're looking for in Tampa Bay, and everyone seems to love it there. We talk Major League Baseball when we come back on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back right here onto the early line here on SportsGrid as we continue to give you the edge. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh here. And Kev, let's turn our attention to Major League Baseball. I want to start in St. Louis. Um, excuse me. I want to start with the Angels. Okay. Not only be they lost, fine. You know, we get that. But Albert Pujols had a milestone in this game that I do think we need to discuss. He had a ribby. And it was his 2087th RBI in his career across St. Louis and the Angels. That's why I said I wanted to start in St. Louis. That's second all time now, Kev, behind yeah. only Hank Aaron. Okay, Babe Ruth has a number higher than that technically, but they didn't actually count RBIs as an official stat until, you know, midway through Babe Ruth's career in 1920. So I just want to tip our cap. You know, a lot of things have gone wrong. With the Angels this year, right? Some people thought that with Trout and Rendon and Joe Madden, that has not happened. But we still take a minute to tip our cap to Albert Pujols, one of the best offensive players, Kev, of all time. And we got to see his career. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, like, just every year. It was like, yeah, he won MVP again, right? Oh, he did. Cool. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Like, he was just consistently just the best hitter in baseball, it felt like. And, you know, after winning a World Series with the Cardinals, goes over to L.A. I think the one thing is that a lot of people would probably be surprised at just how long he's been in L.A. Yeah. 
That is true. Like you, a lot of people still think of him as a Cardinal, right? But that is not the case. He has been there for a long time. His stats are almost an even split at this point. And I mentioned the Angels and how the team, though, is not doing good. They lose again yesterday. Kev, they are now two and eight in their last 10, nine and 21 on the season, 11 games back. They lost to the Houston Astros 11 to four. Carlos Correa with three RBIs. The kid Kyle Tucker, another home run. He goes yard as the Astros score a ton of runs. They play again today. Listen, Houston is hot. They are chasing Oakland. What do you think? Is the, is the number two big? to lay with Houston or is this completely unraveling for the Angels these days? No, minus 150 is not too big. I think this might have to do with the fact that the Angels are still just the weirdest price team in the entire sport yeah. and they always seem to get more love than you would expect. Christian Javier has been pretty sweet in his uh, starts for this baseball team. Uh, Jose Suarez got through an inning in the third, giving up five runs to the Giants in his last outing. But one thing here why I think this number is probably a bit lower for us is that it's game one of a doubleheader. So, mm. you know, there's just less breathing room, right? If the Angels happen to score first, whatever it might be, that could kind of be, you know, a difference maker now where you don't obviously have as much time to get up and turn the game on its head. But I think that then you can even say to yourself, well, okay, well, if the Astros get up to lead, then I have to absolutely love where I'm at. So, I don't think a minus 150 price on the Strohs is too much. All right, fair enough, because uh, uh, Houston is hot, and that division is getting a little bit tight. They are chasing Oakland, and as we put up the standings in the AL West, you can see that this series that is continuing between the A's and the Rangers are very important in that division. Texas got the job done yesterday, a 3-2 victory. Lance Lynn has been good, Kev, for this team, another strong outing for the Rangers, and listen, we We've talked about this, how these third-place teams in the division, if they can even sniff 500, they are live in the playoff chase as there are eight teams in each league. They get it going again today in Globe Life Stadium in Texas. What do you think about this one? Oakland at the top of the division, but they didn't win yesterday. Can Texas continue the era of good feelings? Uh, it's one of those spots where, you know, they had the benefit of having you know the guy that's been there ace on the mound here, uh, but the Rangers had been reeling. And now they pull this win off here against Oakland. But we have seen this song and dance countless times. Countless times, Dane. Of, yep. oh, okay, well, don't worry about it. They, they're not going to lose again. And then they lose again. Do I want to pay a minus 170 price on Shamania, who's not been all that great this year? Absolutely not. If you want to play this team, you better put it in a parlay, and I still wouldn't be over the moon about that. I am not all too interested in playing on this game because the Rangers are not on the level of the Oakland Athletics. But I've seen right. way, way too much this season. And I think part of that's the nature of these all being division matchups, right? You know your division well, mm -hmm. you play your division well. Uh, and yep. there are times where you expect this to go back the other way. And the next thing you know, the A's just got swept by the Rangers.
Yeah, it is possible. I do like the fact that Manaya is on the hill for Oakland. The total in this game is eight and a half. And remember, your mind thinks that these balls are flying out, but it is a new stadium. And at least that last check, Kev, right? They were actually playing more under games than over. So we'll see if Manaya can keep the bats in Texas quiet. Uh, they are favorites, minus 168 favorites to do so. We looked at the ALS, Kev. The, the, the division... That is the most interesting to me, and we've touched on it day by day here, is the NL West, right? Because the Dodgers continue to run away and hide. They're 9-1 in their last 10, 22-8 now, best record in baseball. But because of the expanded playoff field, and because that in the NL West, more than in the Central or the East, in the National League, there are multiple teams, right, just above, at 500 or below 500. And because they play each other all the time, it seems like, in this season i'm looking at nl west matchups and i'm thinking they are very very interesting and one of them is the colorado rockies against the arizona diamondbacks they continue their series colorado got a 3-2 win yesterday but charlie blackman no longer in the lineup he is banged up with his over 400 average not to fear there is another young stud there in that offense we know about arenado but don't sleep on their shortstop either Either. I call him the Trevor ending story. He hit his ninth home run of the year as the Rockies get a win. Was that reference too old for you, Kevin? Do you know about the never ending story? No, nope, no idea what you're talking about. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. Well, my man Joe Ranieri behind the buttons probably knows, but that is besides the point. Let's stay on the field then. Without Blackman, the Rockies got a 3-2 win. What do you think? Because this division is tight, Kev. Yeah, look, for me, all I care about is the total. So yesterday it was 10. It's down ah. to 9. So be it. As long as you played this yesterday, you're coming in up. The Diamondbacks have now played six straight unders, 14 road games for the Rockies. Ten of them have gone under. You got to keep playing it, especially if you've been on it a couple of games here uh, with the D backs. And also, what is pretty funny with the Rockies win yesterday, they stopped what was the worst losing streak in baseball and then handed it over to the Diamondbacks, who now have the worst losing streak <laughs> in baseball. All right, fair enough. We will see if they can get back on the good foot. It may be tough because Herman Marquez on the mound for the Rockies. They, although, listen, they're on the road. They're actually dogs. It's the Diamondbacks who are favored in this one at minus 112. Listen, one of the hottest teams in the league right now, Kev is the San Francisco Giants. They have won like six in a row, I do believe, but they are now starting a series against the best team in baseball, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Remember, we look again at the division standings, and with this hot streak, the Giants have got themselves back into contention. I know it sounds silly at two games under 500, but they are, in fact, in playoff contention. They start a series now against the Dodgers, who have, you know, like I say, run away and hid in this one. The Giants are plus 174 with technically their ace, Johnny Cueto, on the mound. They are rolling but does it all change when they run into the Dodgers? So I just want to make this point with the Dodgers. If you remember, there was a game that they lost 6-2 to the Padres, and I kind of came on here, I'm like, ah, I guess this isn't the same team. They win that game, I feel like, <laughs> last year. Since then, since what happened? 11-1. Uh, 11-1 and one since then. Okay, <laughs> so you see how it kind of goes when you start going, ah, it just doesn't look the same group. It's like Charlie Blackman's batting average, huh, Kev? Oh, it's the other way, it. right? 
totally yeah, crushed the inverse. I told you that that was a the waste of our time to even talk about it. That dude's terrible. No, I kid. But he, <laughs> but he honestly, he, he's almost like gotten below. Like, that's why he, he tapped out. He's like, hold on. I need to keep this above 400 while I can. I'm yeah, waiting until yeah, yeah. LeMayhew plays. Just um, like DJ LeMayhew. He's like, oh, I can keep it above five 400 on the DL. Cool. Exactly. Like, and they know each other from Colorado. They probably called each other. He's like, when are you coming back? I'm not playing until you play. <laughs> um, look, the interesting thing is here, I feel like Johnny Cueto is almost exclusively pitched uh, against the Dodgers on this season. To me, I might look to play an over. So they saw Cueto on opening day, okay, and they actually didn't get to him much. Saw him a second time around, and then they started to hit him a little bit here. A little bit concerning because the Giants have found themselves now playing to three consecutive unders, but that's because that they've they held the D-backs to one run, one run, two runs. They've been doing their part scoring, so if they can touch up Julio a little bit there, I think Cueto can be had. Plus 174, like the Giants have been good. Like There's an argument to be made from them. Betting against the Dodgers, though, no thank you. I think I'll play over nine. All right, fair enough. And we got to talk about the last team in that division, Kev, in this NL West, which is competitive. And again, a big shout out to our radio listeners on the mightier 1090 out there in Southern California. Well, if you are a baseball fan in Southern California, you need to start paying attention if you are not already to the San Diego Fathers. The Dads are the hottest team in the National League. I said the Giants almost are with six in a row. Well, the fathers have won seven in a row, Kev, and and they send their ace, Chris Paddock, the black hat, back out onto the mound. They are minus 188 favorites today against the Seattle Mariners team that's got a couple of victories lately but is in the basement of their division. Kev, the Padres, who right now have the third best record in the National League, are set up to continue their win streak with their ace on the mound against a team that has already traded assets because they are one of the few teams who are selling. This could be a big move for the Padres this week. So to me, the Padres here, I get it. Minus 190, though, is a lot. The Mariners have won three in a row. But if we're going to do right, the whole slam Diego Padres thing, the total seven and a half. I mean, so you're telling me once swinging the bat, I might be halfway home. Like (laughs) I get it for a reason, but you want to talk about just like, I will play over seven and a half. I will be alive the entirety of the game. And if the Padres bats show up, we all know they have the potential to put up eight on their own play over seven and a half. All right, I like that. The San Diego Padres also, Kev, with 163 runs scored so far this season in their 30 games. Kev, the second highest total in the major leagues. These kids are hitting the ball, okay, with 163 runs scored in 30 games. That is more, Kev, than the Minnesota Twins, who we have extolled the virtues of of that offense, right? They've also played 20, uh, 30 games. The Twins, 143 runs in that time span. The Padres, 163 runs, almost half a run a game more than the Minnesota Twins. The New York Yankees with their big-time offense, 135 runs scored. These Padres are 
hitting the ball. They've got their ace on the mound. You're right. The grand slams are going crazy. Tatis is stealing bases. Even when they're up big, they are happy. Maybe the over could be away. But I got to tell you, these Padres, if they stay healthy, they could get a working margin to qualify for the playoffs, something they have not done in years. When we come back, we tie a nice, neat little bow on this episode of The Early Line. and We find out what's going on the rest of the day on The Grid. Come back for that when we come back right here on The Early Line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here on the early line on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. That's what we do all day long in the fantasy season that is starting in football. you got to keep it locked to FST with Craig Mish and, and Joe Pisapia. But up next here, we've got the morning after. And so we spend a couple of minutes with our guy, Jared Smith. And Jared, we are at the point of the first round of the NBA playoffs where most things are coming into focus, right? A lot of series have been determined. I think we know the ones that are 3-1. We've got some dead man walking potentially, right, in the Orlando Magic, maybe in the Denver Nuggets as well. But there are two series that are knotted at two. Yesterday, the Oklahoma City Thunder were able to do so. And today, we see Dallas and the Clippers knotted at two. Which of these series do you think is more likely to go seven games? Like, will it matter if Russ is back? Are we going to get, you know, KP back? Which of these series that are 2-2 in the West do you think is going to go the full route? I think it's the Thunder and the Rockets. I mean, I think based on what we saw last night, and now that being said, Houston could very well fold because I didn't like what I saw from James Harden after the game. But talent-wise, the way that these teams have been booked, the way that the series was booked, you would expect this to go seven I, I, and I'll be honest, we, we did a segment on the show. I, I did, you know, put my notes in the in, in my daily rundown. And, and one of the things I put in the show yesterday was, you know, maybe the Clippers are a little vulnerable here because of just how amazing Luka is. It's kind of like the hot goalkeeper uh, theory mm. in hockey. A guy is just so hot. Uh, it, it, he's going to keep him in it. But I do think like the Blazers, I think with that sensational player, Damian Lillard, they still, you know, feel like you're, you're, you're fighting an uphill battle against a really good LA team. I think that's, what's going to happen uh, to the Mavericks. I do think the Clippers are deeper. I think they're tougher. I think that LA will, the Clippers will win that series. The, the other one is a toss up. It's a straight toss up day. And I, I don't know who's going to win that series. I, I think it's the thunder uh, because they're a little tougher as well, but I think that one's up for grabs. Yeah. Yeah, and the great unknown there, obviously, is will we see Russell Westbrook at all in this series if he is needed? Keep it going on the morning after. It's up next here on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 